Welcome to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast, where we discuss the next Foothills Wellness Retreat, interview presenters, and share with you wellness opportunities here in the Foothills community. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and our co-host is Lisa Moraz, the founder and director of the Foothills Wellness Retreat. Well, welcome everyone to the Foothills Wellness Retreat Podcast. I'm Dr. Jared McCollum, and today my guest is Suzanne Heaton, and she is one of the wilderness, from my understanding. Um, her focus is on you know, connecting with nature as an individual, um, as well as not only our health, but the health of the planet, and with degrees in physical education, recreation studies, and her own experiences with her health, with a um, kind of a wake-up call from cancer, burnout, and loss. She's now uh, constantly researching into nature and how we can connect with it and use it to help to guide us and inspire our lives. So welcome again, Suzanne. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for doing that introduction. I don't need to talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Exactly. So uh, again, I always, I'm always curious on what started people on their path of wellness, because again, there's, you know, honestly, I think helping people make this connection and understanding is, is far more important than most therapies. Um, what got you on this path? Well, actually, I grew up on my family farm. And um, my family really, really reinforced having that connection with nature. And I learned a lot through osmosis without even realizing that I was learning. And then, as you mentioned, I went and got my phys ed and recreation degree, didn't quite get to where I wanted to. And then I went and got my management degree and majored in marketing and worked in the corporate world for about 11 years. And then during those 11 years, I had those wake up calls of cancer and burnout and loss. And it just really made me realize how short this life of ours, of, of ours truly is. And I decided to take a total leap of faith in 2009 and leave the corporate world and start my business motivated by nature. And my whole goal was to hopefully help others live their best lives through connecting with nature and also helping the planet in the process. And it actually started first with creating a children's book that was focused on respect for self, others, and the environment. And it was dedicated to my friend's daughter, Sarah, who unfortunately passed away from a very rare brain tumor. She was only 12 years old, and she was the full inspiration behind the book. And then that led to me going into... Um, school classrooms and talking about the book and the messages in the book and dressing up as Suzanne the Sunshine Fairy from the book and uh, sharing the messages. And then that led to doing some inspirational speaking engagements on the importance of living your dreams and the life lessons that nature teaches you. I actually climbed up Mount Kilimanjaro. So I share the lessons I learned climbing up and coming back down that mountain. And um, as well, I talk about the science-backed benefits of connecting with nature for our overall mental, emotional, and physical well-being. Hmm. What do you think, you know, and again, this is, this is something that is very rampant in our world. You know, we have this incredible disconnect with nature. We think, it's, we think it's a resource. We think it's it nice. is non-living we think it is separate from us you know all of these things C can you touch on any of those concepts oh my goodness you're opening up a can of worms for me because <laughs> this is what i'm really really passionate about we are all wired 
for connection with one another and wired for connection with nature. And it's not a power over. We need to be working in harmony with nature. And I just, I highly praise Indigenous people for their connection with the land. And I feel that they hold the key for us into reconnecting and treating nature not as a resource, but as kin. And that's exactly how we should be approaching things. And it's it's something I'm incredibly, incredibly passionate about. And like with the pandemic, a lot of people really realized how important it was for them to have that connection with nature. And they've actually done studies where they found that your um, access to green space is actually a better indicator of your longevity than your actual DNA, which I think is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I find it interesting too, like you, uh, of course we look at uh, you know, indigenous communities as, you know, a resource of showing people that learned how to live and connect as stewards in the world, you know, on the planet. It's interesting, though, that the majority of, you know, colonizers, you know, us white folk here in North America, majority of them, their faith is Christianity. And in it, it talks continually about being stewards. And, but they're, and, and again, this is where I think we, we took a step. I'm not sure where it was, if it was, uh, you know, two, three hundred years ago, or if it was just back in the 80s where all of a sudden, rather than our communities, you know, truly, uh, you know, uh, being Christian, they've shifted into, well, the, the veneer over top our faith is Christianity, <laughs> but really we're just, we worship money and capitalism. Right. And, and I, I, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think to your point, that wasn't the eighties that was happening you know, with the Industrial Revolution, yes. where we started, like you said, using using nature as a resource and not and taking way more than than what we need, mm-hmm. and we we just really need to wake up to re- really thinking about things and really starting to ask the question why. Just because we've done it this way for so many years and we were brought up that way, is it really the w- right thing to do? Yeah, you know, and and I'm constantly asking myself, you know, wh- why am I doing this? And I mean, I still use plastic. I use the Ziploc and I need to stop doing that. It's a convenience thing, right? And so I need to get into using more biodegradable processes as well. So it's, it's that whole education, it's that whole retraining of the brain and really asking with every step that we're taking, why are we doing this? Because it's just so ingrained in us in us that it's okay and when we think about when we think about you know throwing things in the garbage we need to take it that step further and it's yeah it's throwing it in the garbage and it's going into the earth which in turn ends up in our water system which in turn ends up inside us right so it's just making that full loop um connection Mm -hmm. you know it's interesting like i do believe that we as individuals we can make those choices to connect because each one of those acts is yeah. you know using less plastic and, and and reusing and recycle all those things help us to kind of connect but it will never save the planet because as individuals we just do not have the power and influence to change it we have to collectively work as a group to make those that 
truly have the power and the money to make those changes. Because how, how long have we asked for, you know, all these, uh, you know, we want a different way, we want different choices, but we haven't been, you know, it's not coming from the top. You know, the, even this idea of our carbon footprint, you know, yeah. that was created by oil companies to make it seem like it was our fault <laughs> about what was going on <laughs> rather than their choices and them not making, because they knew about this long before we did. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's, it's interesting you say that because um, they say that anything which really, where the change really starts, it's a grassroots movement that, that causes it. So we have to be smart as consumers mm-hmm. and use our wallet to speak with our wallet and support those companies, those those industries that we believe are doing their best to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we have to keep them accountable in government 100%. and in our yep. communities. Yeah. yeah, and and really, I think we've seen that the change, you know, and especially in Canada, I think the real big change happens when smaller governments or smaller communities make those changes. You know, we didn't get healthcare because the federal government decided, oh, this is a good idea. We yeah. have healthcare because of Saskatchewan. And, you know, they decided this can work. We're going to make it work. And when they showed it work, it happened all over. And right. I think we, you know, doing our, our individual efforts, but really, if we go to our small governments, you know, in our cities and, and, and uh, towns and say, how can we as a community, you know, within your scope of powers, make a change. And then when we can show in small areas that this works, then they can be adapted, you know, in in a wider scape. We we keep pushing federal government, oh, you need to solve this. But I I, I think how Canadians work is we have to start the other way around. I agree with that, but I also um, really encourage the whole collaboration aspect Mm -hmm. because what's, what's happening a lot is, Provincial um, powers that be, their their rules and regulations conflict with federal, yeah. and so they need to be working together, which is which is a huge step. I know it's a huge step, and you know all the nonprofits that are out there, they need to be working together. We need to start um, busting all these silos that exist together if we're really really committed to wanting to make a difference. And um, I was just going to share something because it, it popped into my mind when you were talking about healthcare, because mm-hmm. um, I'm really excited about this. I don't know if you've heard of the Green Prescription Program. No. Okay. I, I want people to hear about this because the Green Prescription Program was started in 2019 in BC with a local practitioner called Dr. Melissa Lem and Parks BC. And so it's called the Parks Program, P-A-R-X. So throughout um, Canada, you can go to your doctor and you can ask for a green prescription to help your mental health and well-being. And in getting that green prescription, your doctor will sit down with you and will work out, okay, what what is going to help you getting out in nature um, to help with your anxiety and your, your depression. And it's, it's not meant to replace medication or anything, yeah. but it is 
being very preventative and proactive, which I'm really excited about. But what's really neat is the Canadian Parks and Recreation have come on board. And for people who get a green prescription program, they will get a free Canadian Parks and Recreation pass to go to the um, the park. So um, I'm Which trying is like to 250 let... bucks or whatever it is, right? But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what about the, Not the quite that much, but... pass? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I pay for both well, of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and the, it's just, it's such a new program that a lot of doctors don't even know that this program exists. So mm-hmm. I highly encourage people to go to their doctors because I did this with my doctor and I said, are you familiar with the green prescription program? And she said, no, I'm not. And when I told her about it, she said, Oh my God, that's everything I believe in. Wow. And so she, she signed up for it. So um, I think it's up to us to help get this word out there that this, mm-hmm. this great program exists for focusing on the prevention because the prevention is key. Like let's not wait till we get sick (laughs) Mm -hmm. to address the issue. Let's be preventative as I know that you, you believe in as well. You know, that's interesting. I was thinking about this a couple of months ago, I was walking along the sheep river and I saw what I believe was a stout, like a, I can't remember what the, like a black stout, you know, they're, they're like a, um, uh, Oh, what are the ones that uh, people use as pets? It's not a weasel. It's not a ferret, but it's smaller. And it was swimming around in the water and it had a tiny little fish in its mouth coming up through the ice. It was absolutely yeah. just the cutest thing. And I'm like, <laughs> and, and every time I see a new animal in this community, I'm always blown away by, because we think, oh, Okotoks, well, we have deer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, there's way more. Yes, and... <laughs> And I remember as a kid, you know, they'd always take you down to Fish Creek, the, the classes, and they had, you know, those uh, boards and signs out. And sometimes they had cutouts, yeah. life-size cutouts of the animals in the area. And I'm like, wouldn't it be lovely if we had something here in this community that really helped us understand how much wildlife is in Okotoks, you know, and how important it is to know that diversity, but how we can take better care but because, yeah, a park pass is great, but how many people have a vehicle to drive out to the mountains every weekend? Yeah. Or, yeah. No, you, you've, you've touched on something that is yeah. really, really key for me. So what I also do is I offer online wild about nature challenges. And what these do is they help people get right out their front door and start to notice that the nature, it, the nature that is right around them, right out their back door yeah. or front door. Right. And what I love about it is um, people just become a lot more mindful and they notice things that they've walked by maybe a million times before mm-hmm. and never seen. And so it's, it's really interesting for me. And uh, like, I still get it too. Every time I go out, I'm looking, okay, what, what new thing can I see today? And what new thing can I learn today? Mm-hmm. And nature has so much to teach us if we're just willing to slow down, look and listen. Yeah. And, um, the more biodiversity that we have in, in our area, the better our mental health and well-being is. So key to your point, you know, the, the different wildlife that is in Okotoks, when you start to become aware of it, it, it's quite amazing how much wildlife is right around you, mm-hmm. just right out your door. Oh, well, you know, just in my, my yard, we've got... Uh, I don't know if they're still all around, but, you know, I've got video of our mama skunk and seven skunks following her. 
<laughs> in our backyard. Yeah. We have, you know, countless deer in the yard, woodpecker, we've got blue jays, we've got bats, we've got, you know, and so on. And, you know, again, I think when we just come and go and we spend our time in the office, in the car and on our phones, you know, we forget that. And we have such a, uh, you know, Oak Dokes has done a good job of protecting those green spaces, um, you know, where that life is there and getting out there and connecting with that, you know, it's huge. I, you know, I, I always remember something from years ago, and we've always used it in the clinic, that if you hear nature sounds 20 minutes a day, it reduces anxiety and depression. And so... 100%. Yeah. Like <laughs> I have little speakers in each treatment room and in my intake office that just do bird sounds constantly. And... Well, it's... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because um, my brother, during the pandemic, he ha- he has a macaw. Mm-hmm. And um, he said to me, yeah, like, um, I'm working from home and the macaw is getting really needy and, like, always needing to be with me. And I said to him, I said, try playing some nature sounds in the background. And he phoned me the next day and he said, you're not going to believe this. He said, not only did it help me <laughs> to calm down, but he said... His bird, whose name was um, is is Sunkiss. He said Sunkiss started preening himself to the sound of the nature sounds, and he was singing along. And he said he was happier, <laughs> and so was his bird. So, so yeah, like that just that to me that just showed just how simple it is to do to add something like that in the background. And you know, they, they say within minutes of our heart hearing different music in the background it it matches it goes in sync Mm -hmm. with what it is that we're hearing and so the three most soothing sounds to the human ear are the sound of water the sound of wind and the sound of birds because that is how we are wired Mm -hmm. right so that was what indicated whether we were safe or not right so when we hear those sound it's it's the sounds it's just a natural relaxation for our brain well, and I'm sure with the birds, in the birds' case, uh, didn't feel alone anymore. 100%. You know, and yeah. with us, again, I, I remember I served on the board of the East West Medical Society in Victoria for a couple of years. And the head, he was a retired physician, had practiced for decades. And he said, you know, everyone suffers from the same disease. And that's loneliness. Yeah. And when we don't feel connected, we get sick. And yeah. You know, and we think, oh, you know, we, we start to think that nature is this, you know, just this pretty thing outside, you know, <laughs> but no, it no. is alive. And to think that, and again, this goes to, you know, some of our, uh, some of the faiths in the past, this idea that humans, for some reason, are above nature and these, mm-hmm. this special chosen species to, that gets to do whatever they want with the planet, but you know, I believe that, you know, we are not separate beings, that everything on this planet is one living being, and we're just different expressions, whether that's cells or sensory organs, whatever you want to think, you know, we are all one. And when we, the more we try to convince ourselves in our head that we are separate, the sicker we get. And, 100%. Yeah. And if we can go out and live and experience and see that connection and again when we in the past when you have to live with the environment through our food and staying warm and 
you know, gathering from it. And we know if we take too much, there's not, there's never going to be enough for next year. You know, those concepts may help us feel connected. And then we as a community have to work together to achieve that balance and to achieve that standard of living to, you know, uh, survive in the wilderness. And, but now we've gone so far past that, that we don't recognize it. And I think nature, you know, (laughs) is busy in the process of waking us up to this because we can see all across the planet now, you know, uh, communities being reminded that uh, you are not more powerful than nature. (laughs) And I will bring you all kinds of uh, nature (laughs) to remind you that, you know, there's a you either need the skills to live in it because a lot of the things you rely on aren't going to be around, you know, for at times. And, you know, (laughs) I was, I was talking to someone the other day, I said, you know, I really think, you know, uh, I I don't think this is just this, uh, happenstance thing. I do think this is how the planet is using its tools to remind us to stay within balance. And, and the issue is, is we've had small uh, little pockets of, you know, climate change and extreme climate here and there. And those people wake up to it and they want change and they want help. But we as humans, unless it happens to everyone or majority mm-hmm. of us at once, we don't act. So we yeah. we need, <laughs> and unfortunately, <laughs> you know, and this is where things are going because we don't act fast enough is it's going to happen on such a scale that everyone is affected by this. And I hope, and I I really hope that we act fast enough that we can solve it within 40 years and then get back (laughs) in balance. Because if it takes longer than that, what will happen is those, those generations, you know, 60, 80, 100 years later, there won't be anyone around to say, hey, we did this. This is what we caused. Don't go down that path again. And we could yeah. just end up there fairly quickly again. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really encouraged by um, the research that's being done out there by the HeartMath Institute. I don't know. Are you mm-hmm. familiar yeah. with them at all? Yeah. yeah. And so they are actually um, working with trees right now. They have a tree project. And they're showing how the trees basically have a heartbeat, right, with with um, everything that's going on within them and how they radiate a field out, an, uh, an electromagnetic field out. Because anything that has water in it, it's, it's basic quantum physics. Anything that has water has uh, a magnetic field around it. And so they're, show, they're showing how humans, how our interaction with nature affects nature and how nature's interaction with us. And so they're showing the science behind it, which I think is, is fabulous. And um, there is more and more indigenous knowledge, like Robin Wall Kimmerer's book, Braiding Sweetgrass mm-hmm. is absolutely amazing. And um, there's so many others that are out there like that. And, you know, they, 
I do, I do have hope for some of the, some of the stuff that's coming out because it's it's really interesting. But as a species, it's like we need the scientific proof. We we can't believe the sages and the mystics. We need that scientific proof. But now that scientific proof is starting to catch up to what the sages and the mystics and the indigenous indigenous people knew intuitively, mm-hmm. and that is we are nature, and so we need to protect nature, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, I think you're right on the right track. You know, there, there's that path of, again, those that, uh, make the decisions want concrete understanding, you know, along that line. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think one thing that, uh, you know, on the other realm of that, that, uh, we as those seeking, you know, spirit, mystical, all of that, you know, We've. I was speaking to some the other day, and they had done a shaman course mm-hmm. some years back, and yeah. the of course the shaman course that they took was basically cultural appropriation. Right. <laughs> Bunch right. of white people exactly. got together, took all these yeah. ideas, yeah. and tried to repackage it as uh, you know whatever. And so they've had to change the name, everything within their program. And I think one part of this that I I think all of us can seek to, I think rather than, you know, trying to look back and stealing another culture's, you know, concepts or or connection to, um, you know, shamanism or whatever, the 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 foundation of shamanism and this connection to the to the the planet and all living things and spirituality you know there's a there's there's a path and foundation similar to all of them now how they how they enter into that whether that's through drumming or a rattle or their their poems or their chants or all those things that's their culture and we as those that don't have that culture and and we as a community, I really do think we keep looking back to the past, thinking that there's something that we're missing. And if we find that, it's going to get it. I think our step forward is us as individuals taking those foundational steps to journey, to go deep and find those, find that connection that, and then reinterpret that understanding based off our understanding of quantum physics um Mm -hmm. the universe its birth and how it continues to expand all of those concepts our understanding of how nature works together and reinterpret that uh shamanism that 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 spirituality and move forward with it rather than stealing someone's (laughs) heritage and that's where you know We've, we keep looking back and we have for, you know, in, in Christianity, we haven't done anything new for 2000 years that really makes any sense because, uh, same with, um, you know, like we can take that step ourselves, go in there, find that connection to it because, you know, anyone who's, who's, uh, you know, done mushrooms, DMT, you know, ayahuasca, all those things, there's an experience there. And (laughs) when we interpret that with someone else's lens, it becomes just like, uh, it's not authentic and it's not, 
uh, true to us. And I think we need yeah, to go no. in there with our understanding and experience it through, you know, uh, a new updated model of how we understand the world. And that will provide experience and a whole new, uh, a whole new generation of shamans, you know, or spiritual people to make that connection with the, the science and the spirituality so we can actually move forward. Sorry for that little rant there, but. No, that's okay. I, I love the rant. It, it brought up a lot for me. Um, so it's interesting because in Robin Wall Kilmer's book, um, like she, she is um, uh, a plant, um, plant scientist, basically um, biologist. And um, she also brings the spirituality to it, but she said, there's just, some things that cannot be explained mm-hmm. for, for how they exist, right? Yeah. Um, she says sci- science can't explain it. It's just it's divine creation. But what what I the message that I keep have keep coming in, um, and it seems to be out there more. Maybe it's just I'm um, heightened to it right now. But I think each of us need to go in and connect with our heart and the wisdom of our heart and stop looking to other people and putting mm-hmm. them up on a pedestal and yes. making them a guru. No we more have gurus. This in- yeah. yeah, no more <laughs> guru. You're, you're your own guru, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so um, really important to do that instead of being stuck in the head because we make some really stupid decisions being mm-hmm. just stuck in the head. So if we connect the heart and the head, we'd be a much better world. Yeah. Yeah. And the concept of a guru or going to someone else to help you understand this knowledge or to have these experiences, it reinforces the current system we're in, where it's top down and, you know, trickle down spirituality doesn't work and neither does trickle down economics. No, you know, we know this, you need to have that experience yourself and Yeah, yeah, and and that's where we need to kind of kind of push people and kind of lead them to. All right, here's the foundations. Now you go figure it out. Yeah, Here, I, I'm not going to do that. Or I've opened the that door. Yeah, yeah, I've opened the door for you. Now you explore. And actually, that's that's why I started doing um, my online wild about nature challenges. Is mm-hmm. I thought, okay, I can talk about the importance of connecting with nature and the science back benefits. So I'm blue in the face, yeah. but until people actually get out there and experience it for themselves and have that connection on their own mm-hmm. um, and are empowered to do that, they're not really going to get it. So that that is, I give prompts each day for them to go out and just to be very mindful and um, they take pictures of what they see. And each week we layer on a new sense so that they can dive deeper into their experience. And it's just, it's magical what they discover and what they see, hear, feel, and, uh, you know, sense. So it's, it's just, it's, it's like you say, you have to experience it yourself to really fully understand it. Okay. So someone's listening to this and they think Suzanne's on the right track. She sounds amazing. I want to learn more. <laughs> and they come to the wellness retreat. What experience are they going to get from you? What, what are you presenting at the wellness retreat? So basically, I'm doing a science-backed interactive session so they can actually find out how they can immediately start some mindful practices on their own um, to help their mental, physical, and emotional well-being. And just in the one-hour workshop, um, they'll be able to see their stress level go down at least one point um, in, in 
participating in, in the workshop. And I hope that that will give them some inspiration to head out and actually go and experience nature and all the wonder that's there for them to see. Oh, that's so cool. And then uh, how do we get in, on you online to get the nature experience you, you shared with us? Yeah, so um, I have a website. It's motivatedbynature.com. And there I have three different um, ways for them to, to get outdoors. So one is called a weekend warrior. So they're given a prompt and they get out their front door and um, get 120 minutes minimum outdoors. And they can do it in five minute increments if they want or whatever. And then they post at the end of the week their reflections. And that's all part of a, a community of other people that are in there. And there's another one called Nature RX. And that's where they get daily prompts to go outside. And then I have one called Nature Boost. And that's where I'm actually in there cheering them on and doing the challenge with them. And I have one going on right now in January. And I'll be doing another one in March. And it's all done online. And basically, it's helping them to dive more into what it is that they've seen. And we do weekly Zoom calls to just kind of dissect a little bit more of what they've seen and felt and heard. And, and um, yeah, it's, it's wonderful because I've had people from New Zealand and Australia and the Philippines and Canada and the U.S. participate in the challenge. So um, especially during the pandemic, when one of the ladies said, I feel like I'm traveling the world again with, <laughs> with ah. not being able to travel, right? Mm -hmm. Because it was interesting to see what they saw in Australia and, and they're in a different hemisphere, right? So they're mm -hmm. having their summer while we're having our winter, right? Yeah. So it was, it was quite, a, quite a neat experience for, for a lot of people. That's fascinating. Uh, so if you could leave one little pearl of wisdom for everyone on, okay. you know, like your elevator speech on nature, what would it be? Well, it would be a quote actually from someone else. This kind of goes against what you said, but um, no, no, well, it, they all inspire it, us. Yeah, yeah. It's study nature, stay close to nature. It will never fail you, and that's by Frank Lloyd Wright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when we, you know, that generation was the explorers because it wasn't discovered unless a white man found it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but still there was, you know, this excitement, there was this connection, there were, you know, the few like him that really understood it. And yeah. we need to ignite that same passion for everyone with nature. You know, it, it, thank you for saying that because there is so much awe and wonder out in nature if, mm -hmm. if you just slow down to see it, yeah. right? And hear it. And and when we have that connection of awe and wonder, it takes us out of focusing on ourselves and focusing on the bigger picture. So it, it actually helps us open up and be more compassionate for others as well as the planet. Well, it's interesting because, you know, that feeds into a concept that I've thought about for a long time. And that's that, you know, we, a lot of us that understand these things, some of us are straying I've, I've taken that step away from spirituality because, mm -hmm. well, not necessarily spirituality, but religion. Yeah. Because it is, it is missed this stuff. That's one of the, th the first things that kind of uh, started my doubt with the Mormon church. That's what I was raised in. 
Okay. And it was, okay. okay, if this guy's a prophet and he speaks with God, why aren't we talking about the environment? Why, why aren't we talking about being true stewards of this planet? And it was yeah. never, even to this day, they don't talk about it. And that, that was my first step to say, they don't know what they're talking about. And, <laughs> but so then I went to the other extreme, it was a full-blown atheist for a long time. And I would still say I'm an atheist and that I don't believe in any God. Okay. But do I believe in spirituality? Yes. And I think when we walk away from spirituality completely, we ignore yep. that our DNA, our yep. experiences, our understanding over millions of years of evolution, we have always had that, that need to connect and have awe and ritual and wonder. And when we do, when we remove those things from our lives, we feel sick and lonely and disconnected. Yep. And yep. we need to reevaluate those concepts into our life without religion, but yep. make that connection with nature, having awe to nature and you know, ritual within nature and the seasons and the connections and go back to all those things. And that's why, you know, I'm sure you've met some of the presenters uh, at the wellness retreat where, you know, we got two full blown, full blown witches. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, this idea of, you know, uh, there, there's two or three of them I know in this community that do regular, you know, full moon or solstice events yeah. or all these things that get us connected to nature again with one another in the seasons. And, you know, those steps, you know, that they're offering in this, this reconnection and this challenge to feel kind of connected and motivated by nature again. Um, yeah. I think are those things that we all need to uh, reconnect with. Well, it, it's interesting because I was doing a talk and um, I had this lady come up to me at the end and she said, thank you. She said, I finally understand what my husband gets because she, she was a religious person. So she would go to church, but her husband said to her, basically my religion is nature. And she never quite, understood it until I explained that on that wonder piece. And she said, I, like a light bulb went on, mm -hmm. on for her. And so, um, I, th I think we, we've got to make that space, right. Um, to embrace everyone and not have this separatism, you know, of one is better than, uh, than another and pitting each other against one another. Let's just embrace the whole, let's do what's best for all in mm -hmm. the end. Right. I think that's brilliant. We should leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. <laughs> thank you so oh, thank much you so for sharing all this with us. Oh, well, thank you so much for the interview. I really enjoyed it. And I'm so looking forward to uh, being at the retreat. Yeah. Your passion is very clear and vibrant with nature. And, you know, as everyone reconnects with nature and follow, you know, develops that passion within themselves, um, I think it'll do far more good to the world than, you know, uh, you know, many other things that we're told, uh, <laughs> you know, we're sold to, to save us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree a hundred percent because that's the thing. When, when you go out and you connect with nature, you start to love it, then you respect it and you want to protect it. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. So, uh, one last thing I'll touch on. I have, uh, a patient, um, that was in recently, and she was a delegate at uh, COPS in Montreal. Yes. And she represents, uh, um, was one of the representatives for the oil companies. 
Mm-hmm. And she uh, is an avid outdoors woman, you know, hiking, yeah. everything. And just her, she's this brilliant woman whose plan uh, as a young woman was, uh, I want to protect nature and mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to infiltrate the dark side and get them to move <laughs> in the right direction. And that's what she did. Good honor. And- <laughs> Good honor. <laughs> But she came back from that very uh, elated and excited and full of hope for what's happening. Good. And so it's, it's nice to hear that, uh, you know, and heck, we, we, we have an um, environment minister uh, that's been arrested multiple times for protests. And he's, you know, working within the, the confines of what he can. I'm sure he would like to move much faster, but uh, I think we're in... We're in fairly good hands on that end, but we on ourselves have to make this a priority. And I think if we can reinterpret this concept to fit all those varied belief systems, you know, you know, you take someone who is, uh, I love Alberta oil. Well, I'm sure you do, but at the same time, don't you love your hunting and your fishing and clean water? Yes. So let's use that motivation to unite us. And, yeah. you know, people may have, because again, we have jumped into this toxic concept of you're with us or against us. And it's, if you have one belief system off, yeah. you're, I'm writing you off and you're out of my life. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's why I was saying we've got to stop this huge divide mm-hmm. and we need to come together. And yes, there's going to be some difficult conversations that happen. And I actually, um, uh, watched one of the sessions for the COP15 by uh, Nature Canada. And um, there was a rancher that was on it, and um, he was from Saskatchewan. And I wasn't aware of this, but north of Saskatoon, it is the only free-range bison herd in Canada. Free-range, not fenced in. Mm-hmm. And he said they are working with the Indigenous people about how best um, to, to, to deal with this. But what they are doing is, so ranchers are working with Indigenous people to have the Indigenous people come and um, gather their medicinal herbs mm-hmm. off their land. So they're cooperating together, right? And he said, this, this is where the key is. And he said, we're going to have to have some really difficult discussions coming up. But we need to come, you know, to the table with an open mind. And, and there's, there's some real, <laughs> real passionate people out there wanting to make a difference. But again, where I say it, that silo busting needs to happen. And the egos need to drop. And we need to work together for the common good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. <laughs> no problem. This, this a lovely uh, discussion. And I'm sure it will inspire many people to, you know, reconnect. And uh, I hope so. Hopefully, come visit you at the uh, wellness retreat. That would be lovely. I would love that. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You have a lovely day. And again, I wish you all the luck in uh, spreading the word of nature and inspiring more and more people. Thank you so much for doing this interview, Jared. And I look forward to meeting you in person down at the retreat. All right. And I will leave in the description uh, information on how you can uh, find Suzanne Heaton online and. Uh, take some of her experiences and, uh, of course, how to sign up and join the uh, Foothills Wellness Retreat. Thank you so much, everyone. Have a lovely day.